This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome to the week two edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. As always, we come to you courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. I am Jason LaConfora at Jason LaConfora on Twitter. I have the pleasure, as always, to be chatting ball with my buddy Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL as we reflect on some of what we saw in week one. That then is a prism into what we expect in week two. We've got a huge show for you guys. We will certainly be touching on a lot of the hot topics in the NFL this season. Um, We will get into uh, the Aaron Rodgers situation and what's going on uh, with Green Bay's offense. Baltimore, what's up with that offensive line? What might that portend for their meeting with Kansas City, a team that has had their number? Um, the New York Giants, wow, who'd have thunk it? We're, we're, we're dissecting Jason Garrett's offense yet again and wondering if Dave Gettleman has the right pieces up front with his offensive line as they meet a beastly Washington front seven on Thursday night. The Bengals and the Bears, two teams as well working on their protection. How did it look for Joe Burrow in week one? What do we think of that game? And then there's some teams that are getting it done as well. Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and obviously the Eagles and the 49ers will meet this week and the Steelers host the Raiders after their huge win at Buffalo last week. But Baldy, before we dig down into some of that, I know you had a couple of sort of macro level observations about week one, some trends league wide for better or for worse. Well, I mean, you know, I'll just go to where I spent a lot of my time, Jason. I'll just go to the offensive lines Mm -hmm. in a lot of places that, you know, for example, like Buffalo, I mean, Pittsburgh, TJ Watt, had the freshest legs on the field, but Melvin Ingram, Cam Hayward, I mean, they destroyed Buffalo's offensive line. Yeah. And so, you know, Josh Allen is out there running for his life. And, you know, if he can't set his feet and find Stephon Diggs and some like there's just, you know, they're they're not they're not a great running football team that it is, but they they got whipped up front. Um Cam Cam Hayward looked like he was 25, you know, instead of 32. And TJ did what he does, and Ingram was a real surprise. So that that's that. You know, Philly, what they did when going down to Atlanta on both sides of the ball to the Falcons trenches, they destroyed them. Um, you know, if you look at you know Green Bay's problems and just how bad they were, they started two rookies in the offensive line and they played like rookies. And I'm not here to, you know, say that Josh Myers is gonna be good or Royce Newman is gonna be good, but the New Orleans Saints um, you know, took them apart up front. They couldn't run the ball at all. And, you know, they had a game plan for Devontae Adams with Marshawn Lattimore and safety. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, look, he threw two interceptions within four plays. Um, you know, because because I don't care who you are. You're the MVP of the league. You, you know, things aren't working up front. You try to compensate. You try to do too much. Lamar did the same thing, you know, on Monday night against the Raiders. When, the, you know, the Ravens offensive line, it, it might become good, but it's not good right now. They've got some issues up front, Jason. And you could go on and on and on. I mean, Rashawn Slater with the Chargers yeah. pitched a no-hitter against Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I mean, he was as good at that position as anybody in the league, making his first start in two years. 
you know. And so, really, that's kind of where it starts for me um, when I watch a lot of these games is there are issues in what you do and how you compensate for it uh, if you're not good and solid up front. And also across the board, Baldy, even with fans back in droves, not a bad week for the visitors, eh? No. I mean, one after another. You know, to watch Arizona go in and take Tennessee apart, to see the Chargers travel cross-country to Washington, uh, you know, that game could have been a blowout. You know, the Chargers had two red zone turnovers, but they had no problem going up and down the field on Washington. You know, you could say uh, Jacksonville was a road game, whatever, it's uh, Green Bay, but right, New Orleans right. went in there. They didn't have any problem with their energy level, uh, you know, and how they played. Um, you know, Seattle going into Indy, I mean, can you be any more efficient with what Russell Wilson did with 23 passes, throwing four touchdowns? Um, you know, uh, it was it was a strong week. You know, they took the, you see the crowd in Buffalo was going crazy to start the game, and Pittsburgh didn't seem to really have much problem with it, especially on the defensive side of the ball as they rebuild on both sides right now. Well, Baldy, let's let's start with uh, with Green Bay because obviously there's a lot of attention on Aaron Rodgers right now, and given the bizarre nature of that offseason and his, um, you know, cold war that he had going on with the Packers brass for basically half a year, to come in for that offense to look as disjointed, as as disconnected, as as backwards as it did through the air and on the ground, for Rodgers to be seemingly flummoxed at times and, you know, I, I don't know, Baldy. I, I talked to a lot of personnel guys this week. You know, they, I, some thought his head wasn't totally in the game. Some thought he got a little disinterested. Um, one guy said it reminded him a little bit of some of the body language at the end of the Mike McCarthy era where there's some in the league who felt like it was almost insubordination, like he was going to do whatever he had to do to make sure that coach was fired. Fair or unfair, that's the kind of chatter that's going around. What did you see? Well, I mean, I saw a performance like that against Tampa last year, you know, in the regular season. Um, you know, he, he, he these quarterbacks, when things aren't going well sometimes, they, they don't have the ability to get out of a funk. He was in a funk. There's no question about it. And, you know, part of it is um, the offensive line. I mean, you lose Bakhtiari. Yeah. And now you're you're changing two positions to fix one. You're putting Elton Jenkins from left guard out there. You're starting a rookie center. Now, look, he's a rookie, Josh Myers. He might become a good player, but they had the best center in football last year in Corey Lindsley. And he did a lot with the protections, very smart and really strong. And so the middle of that offensive line was always strong, you know. And, you know, they've got two great offensive weapons for Aaron Rodgers. They've got Aaron Jones and they've got Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. And they basically took both of them out of the game. Um, it wasn't like it was, you know, they have got a rookie right guard in there who's trying to figure out his way, Royce Newman. Uh, he might become a good player, but, I mean, I saw the Saints defensive line take those guys apart inside. And I'm not saying the Saints are playing a bunch of free agents up there. Go, go try to figure out who some of those guys are that they played in that defensive line. I mean, some of these guys you never heard of, but it didn't matter. Um, you know, they won the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and yeah. so now, you know, where is, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling? You know, where is, uh, you know, some of these other, you know, receivers to step up? You know, I didn't see it. 
And so Aaron Rodgers can can look awfully, you know, frustrated. And, you know, my, some of that might have been carried over from the offseason and what we heard him say. Um, you know, the comment after the game was we didn't quite have a good energy level. That, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's not going to sit well with anybody, especially no, opening no. day. Like, I, I understand going to Jacksonville is not fun. Uh, it's hot. It's not a home crowd. It's not a road crowd. I mean, it's just awkward. I understand yeah, but, that, but, but still. The, they were one play from going to the Super Bowl. You'd think you'd come out shot out of a cannon to show everybody, no, I, I, hey, okay. we're, 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 we're still here. I understand. I'm not making any excuses here. But, it, you know, none of it added up. So, look, I'll, I'll give some of these teams, because I do it every year, I'll give some of these teams a mulligan. They don't sure. play a lot in the preseason. Um, you know, are they, they – you're going to a, a, a neutral site. I mean, you just give – I'll just give a lot of these teams that play awful a mulligan. Yeah. And if it continues, you know, and you create a trend into the second week, then you really have to, you know, start talking. But, you know, I'll, I'll give I'll give the team a mulligan. Like I'll give some of these other teams that just stunk the bed um, week one and did not perform well. You know, I'll, I'll just kind of give them that right now because of because September's the new August, you know, right. for – a lot of these teams, nobody plays 80 snaps, you know. Uh, you got to go play 80 snaps, conditioning's a factor, all these things. So, um, you know, I'm not going to uh, – you know, I'm, I'm a guy that won't panic with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Sure. Just yet. And, look, they host Detroit in prime time on extended rest. This this should be the quintessential homecoming bounce, bounce back. back game, right? I mean, if it's not – then I imagine your level of concern starts to ratchet yeah. up. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. You know, look, Detroit had a good, you know, second half against San Francisco yeah. after being completely out of it. Um, you know, so you give them some credit for kind of battling back and staying in it and, you know, turning it into a one-score game at the end, you know, and giving San Francisco a little bit something to be nervous about. But, um, yeah, but that this is, this is a team that they have owned and that they need to go to four, you know, and, and handle them, you know, at Lambeau this week. Baldy, you mentioned the Steelers at the top, um, and sort of your your league wide observations. We'll continue our theme here on winning in the trenches. Pittsburgh's D line was dominant. The offensive line, like a lot of teams in the league, had um, you had a rookie center, you had a rookie left tackle, you had some guys moving around from where they were a year before. Really, a completely uh, revamped line. Uh, they host the Raiders. Um, the Raiders made a statement. I mean, they were there. Whoever they lined up against the Ravens tackles, you know, Crosby and Gakwe before he was hurt, whomever were, were absolutely terrorizing them and getting off a huge win for the Raiders. The Raiders, a team that completely revamped their offensive line. These two teams meet in Pittsburgh Sunday at one. Uh, what are some of your thoughts about this game? Well, you know, you know, there's a lot of things that I think about when that game. It was a great game. Uh, you know, it was a great Raider win. But, you know, with 37 seconds to go, Justin Tucker puts the Ravens up 27-24. And to see, you know, I mean, people want to, like, run Derek Carr out of town. I don't know. Like, he made yeah, two yeah. throws to Brian, you know, Edwards that yeah. were just dimes. You know, one was against Marlon, you know, Marlon Humphrey, their best corner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, he made two great throws. With no timeouts, they they ran a 37-second drill to kick a, a field goal to send it in overtime as well as you could do it. Um, 
you know, the Raiders, obviously, Darren Waller is a special player. Um, they didn't even try to run the ball in this game. Nope. Uh, they came out, and they really – Jacobs wasn't other, right. I mean, Jacobs clearly wasn't right. He was kind of a decoy. Well, but the other macro thing you got to say about this business, this is college football now around the league. It, it's four wide, five wide. I mean, it's just spread offenses. Some teams, you know, Baltimore's a little different, but, you know, some of these teams, they just want to spread you out, find the matchups. And if you've got Darren Waller, that's a good thing to do. If you can get Darren Waller and Brian Edwards and maybe Ruggs going, uh-huh. uh, you know, if you, you know, you get some of the other guys, you know, I mean, I've always been a big fan of, you know, what Hunter Renfro can do and his yeah. route running. But, you know, pretty soon you get four guys. Now, Ruggs isn't there yet. But if you get four guys that can go win, that's kind of what you become. And then if Alex Leatherwood can hold up at right tackle and, you know, the re-ramped offense line that they have, um, you know, it's, it, you know, a new center in there, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's not a bad way to play, especially, you know, Derek Carr made a couple of throws in the game where you go, those are the throws you got to make in this business. you you got to just, under pressure, Throw the ball up one-on-one. Edwards goes get it. Ruggs goes get it. Um, Waller goes to get it. And you win the one-on-one and you win that, you know, that drive. You got points. And you have to. Patrick Mahomes made that throw, uh, you know, to Tyree Kill to get him in the game. That's what you have to do in this business right now. Like, you have to be able to just cut it loose and let your guy go get it. Russell Wilson did it. Tyler Lockett a couple of times. And – the deep passing game is in, and the quarterback has got to give your guy a chance to go get it. It's not a high percentage throw, but at the same time, those are the throws you got to make. And the Raiders did it, you know. And what you saw from, I thought the Ravens was a they got tired after being in control of that game, yep. and then b you saw age show up. You know, you saw you saw Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf and some of these guys not really make an impact in the game. Yeah, no, there's 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 no doubt about that. And we'll get a little more uh, into the Ravens in a minute when we talk about their matchup against the mighty Chiefs. But d- fair to say, Baldy, a little different test for the Raiders offensive line this coming week, having to go on the road, having to play at an at a unnormal uh, kickoff time for their body clocks, having to go against Watt and Hayward and that bunch and even Ingram what he brought, um, you, do you like the Steelers in this one? Yeah, I do because I think they could do the same thing to the Raiders that they did to Buffalo. Yeah. Um, you know, Buffalo plays a wide-open style. Josh Allen, you have to – they're in four and five receiver sets every play. They don't try to run the ball. A little bit like what the Raiders did, but they just have guys that can just – you know, I mean, what T.J. Watt did in that game, I mean, your quarterback starts to run and T.J.'s chasing you, yeah. you ain't getting very far. He's going to get to you like he got to Josh Allen. And so that's not Derek Carr's game. You know, I mean, Josh Allen can play that game, but even he was susceptible. So Melvin Ingram looked like he was reborn, to be honest with you. He looked like he did a couple of years ago with the Chargers. He was a good addition. But Alex Highsmith is developing into a good player. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got depth. They got playmakers uh, on that defensive front. And uh, if you, you know, 
I, I I like the way I mean the Steelers are gonna be home and we've seen that yep. you know that doesn't mean anything right now. But I like I like the Steelers for this game. I, I like the way that front really played and I know Stefan Tuitt, you know, isn't there, but you know, Tyson Alu Alu and Cam Hayward plays like that, like they're they're beastly. Well, the Steelers obviously got the better of the Bills. The Bills face Miami this week. Um, what is your level of concern for that Buffalo offensive line? And and I do wonder, Baldy, if we're seeing a little bit of a trend um, in terms of how teams are playing Josh Allen. You can go back to last year. Uh, in the playoffs, they faced Baltimore. Wink Martindale blitzes more than anybody in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He sat back and played zone, right? And if you look at Josh Allen's numbers against dime coverages last year, as much as he was an MVP, he was a different guy when teams were in dime. And Baltimore well, did a lot of that, right? And and Buffalo won, but all they did is throw the ball, and, and, and they had one offensive touchdown, right? And then he loses the following week, and he opens up this year. And Pittsburgh, they blitz almost as much as the Ravens, except – they didn't at all in week one. I think they blitzed 12% last week. They, last year, they blitzed 57% of mm. the time. Now, they've got unique pass rushers, but they sat back, played a lot of zone, and they struggled. Now, not everybody is as good as those defenses. I get it. But are you seeing a trend here at all? Well, you know, everybody's different. You know, Miami is a different defense than just about anybody in the league, Jason. Um you know, those two corners, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, I mean, they can lock you up as well yep. as any pair of corners in the league. And they do that a good deal of time. And the other Jones nickelback, I mean, they will play you man-to-man and they will run with you everywhere on the field. They will do that at times. And then they will play a disciplined zone front. And sometimes they'll just rush three. Sometimes they'll bring second-level pressure late, uh, delayed. Um, they really are as versatile a defense as anybody in this business. And they're good at it either way. And so sometimes they don't reveal what they're doing until the snap. And so that puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback and the receivers uh, and, the co- and the coordinator, you know, to have plays up that can work against both. It frustrated, you know, Mac Jones was really good against it, but he didn't take a lot of chances. He dinked and dunked, and that's kind of what yeah. the Patriots wanted to do, and they played ball control, and they were, they were good at it. Um, they had a chance to win the game at the end, but at the end they, they scored 16 points. It wasn't enough. So, you know, if I'm you now, I'm saying all that, you know, and Buffalo put up 56 points on Miami in Week 17 last year. Yes, you know? yes, yes. But you know, it's a different year and different time. I, I I like the way Miami's ability to play defense and do all the things you just said, Jason. You know, you want to play five wide receivers. They had more five receiver wide receiver sets than anybody in the league last year. And they're fine with that because Josh Allen is the run threat. Yes. Um, if you give him a lane, he'll take it, and he's great at it. Um, but I, I, you know, they'll have a spy, uh, a variety of different ways to spy Josh Allen. Uh, they'll have a package for him. That really, what they couldn't do last week to Pittsburgh, and that's a credit. They couldn't get the ball down the field, Jason. You know, no, Stephon no. Diggs had a bunch of catches. He averaged seven yards a catch. They they couldn't get the big play last week, and. For teams that want to throw it, that frustrates them because they don't want to nickel and dime you down the field the way the Patriots are no, very like explosion. They that's what they want. So that frustrates them, and it frustrates Josh Allen when he can't get those plays because he's got the big arm and he wants to make those throws. And uh, you know, 
So I, I kind of like Miami in this game right now. Mm-hmm. I, Buffalo's defense is still very, very good. They're very talented. Um, they're good at every level. Uh, this is going to be a low-scoring game, um, and it's probably going to come down to the final possession. Sticking with the trend uh, of suspect offensive lines and, and teams that go into week two a little bit under the gun, uh, we're both intrigued by this Bengals-Bears matchup. We know that the, the Bears are still trying to figure out, I think, really who they are as an offense, even like what, what they do, what, what to focus on, what to feature. Um, and their five-man unit up front has, has been an issue for a while. And ditto with Cincinnati, although I was uber impressed last week. 36, they ran the ball 36 times. They, they, they used the heck out of Joe Mixon. Uh, they weren't going, you know, five wide empty on first down to start the game like a year ago. They, yeah. they kept that back in, even in the pistol, the chip with Burrow, right? It was a lot of baldy short, high percentage passes early. We don't care if we go three and out. Let's just let this kid get used to being out there on the football field again. He did get hit more than you'd like. Um, I still have concerns about the Bengals' offensive line, but these this seems to be potentially two teams trending in a different direction, and I don't think we can say enough about what Burrow did on fourth down to basically put them in position to win that game in overtime. Joe Burrow, was he was awesome. Jamar Chase was awesome. I mean, it looked like those two looked like they were back in the national championship game with that you know, the 50-yard touchdown pass to open that game up, um, to blow it open with Jamar Chase. But, you know, he's, he really spread the ball around. I mean, they've got three legitimate guys and T. Higgins and Jamar and Tyler Boyd. And, you know, Joe is just – he, you know, he reads progressions really, really well, reads defense as well, throws through the ball really, really well. Um, I'm really interested in watching – Cincinnati defensively, because I think they have a chance to be very good. Um, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader, Larry Ogunjobi, that's a good front. And on the back end, they've really improved. I mean, Jesse Bates is just a great player. Yeah. Um, but Cheeto, you know, and, you know, Hilton coming in to play the nickel, like they, they're much improved on the back end. I think they've got two very, very talented linebackers for the first time in Pratt and Wilson. I just think they're a really good defense. They were last week. The Bears' offense, as we know, is is struggling at best. Work in progress, maybe. Um, they, they, I think, defensively, they're going to surprise a lot of teams. I think, and they play really well as a team, Jason. Like there's a, a Zach Taylor. I think's got the right chemistry on this mm-hmm. team. Joe Burrow's the right guy to lead them. Um, look. Everybody knows that the Bears, you know, it's just it's it doesn't look good. It hasn't looked good, and I can see the Bears really struggling this week. Um, you know, I know they're home, and you know maybe that helps or whatever. But man, I I think the Bengals can give them a real good game this week. I, the the Bears defense have got to win this game. Yeah, they, yeah, you know, and obviously Matt Stafford took them apart last week, but um, they the defense has got to you know. This has got to be a Cleo Mack, Akeem Hicks. You know, it's got to be their game. You know, Roquan Smith, they, those guys have got to just shut this Bengals offensive line and Joe Burrow down. And I, I don't know. Like, Joe gets rid of the ball really quickly. He takes a hit. Um, Bengals are capable of winning this game. 
another another game, Baldy, that features teams that have completely sort of overhauled their offensive line, and teams that at least through one week were going in different directions because one of them lost the game uh, in overtime that they had a lead in, and the other one came back from a big deficit to beat the Browns. Uh, Ravens and Chiefs. Baldy, as we record this, I'm hearing that there's concern in Baltimore about Ronnie Stanley and his availability short-term and potentially long-term, and that in practice, Alejandro Villanueva, who has struggled mightily, whether it be in practice, whether it be in walkthrough, or whether it be a preseason game, or whether it be week one, struggled mightily at right tackle. I mean, he's now repping at left tackle uh, because Stanley is not available for practice. Patrick McCarry is now at right tackle. Um, they're down to their second string left guard in Ben Powers because Tyree Phillips has been lost for at least three weeks. He's on IR. Uh, they don't have Nick Boyle, the big blocking tight end anymore. He's on IR, and it's guys like Eric Tomlinson who, mm, okay, good luck with that. And the Chiefs well, obviously have Orlando Brown, their new left tackle, former Raven after that trade. Uh, they've got Joe Tooney next to him, uh, and they – have beaten Lamar Jackson and the Ravens all three times they faced him at the helm. I know it's a su- uh, Sunday night and Baltimore will have the home crowd, but I don't know, Baldy. This looks like a tough spot for the Ravens to me. Well, I mean, I, I was there in Kansas City on Sunday, and, you know, the Chiefs are starting three rookies on the offense line Creed Humphrey, the center out of Oklahoma, Trey Smith, who they love out of Tennessee, their six-round pick at right guard, and Lucas Niang, you know, started his first NFL game on Sunday. Uh, and they were and they went up against an elite front with Miles Garrett and Genevieve Clowney and Malik McDowell. And I mean they were an elite front. And even down nine, um, there's no lead that's safe with Patrick Mahomes. He's just he's the best player in this league. Um, nothing phases him. Uh, he never stops attacking. This is a tough assignment for Baltimore. You know, and def- you know, defensively, you know, the Chiefs played without Frank Clark. They played without Tyron Matthew. And, you know, they're not certainly not as good without those two guys, especially Matthew. But, you know, Chris Jones ruined the game for, I mean, his plays, oh, yeah. um, you know, either call, you know, causing holding calls, sacking, you know, Baker Mayfield. I mean, he really changed the game. And whether he's playing over the guard or over the tackle, He's just a difference maker. And so I, the, the, the Ravens are going to have a tough assignment because they're still trying to figure out, even guys that you're counting on, and Bradley Bozeman and Kevin Zeitler, they're still trying to figure things out up front. Um, you know, and look, Tyson Williams was a nice, is a nice find. He's got a good burst. The touchdown run was great. Um, but they're, you know, they're new backs. Latavius Murray, they're brand new there. Uh, basically, and they're trying to figure things out. And that puts a lot of pressure on Lamar, you know, to get things done. And so uh, I, I I love the Chiefs in this game. I think it's, you know, you know, I, Lamar has said that getting down is their kryptonite. The Chiefs are their kryptonite. Like, it just takes their superpowers away. And, um, Mahomes is just going to find – he's just going to find the matchups. And even if you get pressure on him, which Wink will – uh, the way that he'll blitz, he'll get pressure on Mahomes. Like he's going to run, and on the run, there's nobody better than him. Baldy, what is your sense on 
you mentioned the the Ravens running backs. They do some stuff that's so different than the norm at this level. And the way Lamar Jackson, it's not just that they run a lot of QB option, right? It's that he'll shove it in your gut. He'll take two steps with you in one direction, oh, yeah. pull it out, right, and reverse field the other way. It's one thing when Dobbins had, you know, had been through a full year of it and he did a lot of it in college. It's one thing, you know, for Gus Edwards, who'd been there, you know, been been there the whole time that Lamar's there and has repped it for years. Um, you're bringing in Tyson Williams, who was basically on the scout team last year. Yeah, yeah. You're bringing Latavius Murray off the street and playing him a couple weeks later. You know, now we'll see about Devontae Freeman. I hear he'll be up for this game, but I doubt he's done a whole lot of that, especially not the way Lamar does it. I just wonder the risk reward of putting the ball on the ground. And we saw it once with Tyson Williams um, Monday night. Like, Baldy, if they have to cut back on the volume of those looks because they don't trust the exchange and your offensive line is suffering, that to me is not a good combination. I, I You know, it's a great observation, uh, Jason. It really is because that fumble was clearly, you know, one of those exchanges with Tyson and Lamar where – I'm not sure if Lamar thought that Tyson was going to take it or if Lamar was pulling it. It looked like Lamar was anticipating Tyson to take the ball. You can see him pound the turf after the fumble. He, you know, he did the right thing, got right on the ball. Um, you're right. I mean, Latavius Murray's never been in an option offense um, that I can remember. Um, and, 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 you know, so that's a big part of what they do. It ride, glide, and decide, as I, as I like to say. You know, and the quarterback, you know, yeah. uh, is exceptionally talented at it. But the backs have to, you know, trust it as well. And it's hard to get timing, you know, Wednesday and Thursday and Friday at practice. And I know John Harbaugh runs a tough practice. It's still tough to get game day timing down with that kind of stuff. I, You know, they, they got into their power pistol formations a bunch, but I didn't see a lot of the runs that I saw a year ago. I didn't see the counter trays. The, the, the bootlegs off the counter tray. I didn't see a lot of this stuff that I saw the last couple seasons with Lamar. I, I saw a more basic running attack. Yes. And so that's not really what they have been great at. They've been great at misdirection and just, you know, keeping the defense really off guard with who's got the ball, where's it going, those kind of misdirection plays. And I didn't see a lot. If I was looking for them, I just didn't see a lot of it. So – you know, they may have to scale back on some of that stuff, you know, as they adjust this offensive line. It's it, like I, I said this week, like September's got to be the new August for the Ravens. I, I have no doubt about the coaching staff and their ability to try to fix things, but it's hard to fix it, you know, without the right bodies and a lot of new bodies that are there. Well, Baldy, before we finish this thing up, previewing the Thursday night game, yeah. Let, let's 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 flip the script here. Let's let's talk about a matchup between two teams uh, that can be very stout at the point of attack on both sides of the ball. Um, one of my best bets last week was the Eagles. I don't understand why, whether they were on the road or not, they were getting three and a half points. I said, go crazy on the money line because they have an yeah. offensive line and they have a defensive line and Atlanta has none of the above. And Atlanta's got a rookie coach coaching at home, which I don't like. Give me Sirianni on the road where he doesn't have to put on a show and, and show everybody, you know, how great his offense could be. And sure enough, they systematically picked Atlanta apart for four quarters. I think the quarterback can be a winning quarterback in Philadelphia. I know that Atlanta's a bad football team. I don't want to get carried away. 
But I'm kind of – I think people are sleeping on the Eagles. They face a 49ers team that we know can maul people up front. Although, no Raheem Mostert for the season is another big blow for them. San Francisco, unfortunately, already the injury bug biting them again, Baldy. And I'm, I don't love the way they let up against the, the Lions, and that turned into a game somehow. Well, the Eagles are – they're difficult to prepare for now. Um, you know, they're a college offense. I mean, I – I said they reminded me of Chip Kelly's opening day. You know, you weren't really sure what you're going to get with Jalen Hurts. But, I mean, they, you know, they ran their bubble screens and they stacked their plays, screen this way, bubble screen that way. You know, let the quarterback decide. The quarterback is, you know, running read option. The offensive line's mauling people up front. Um, you know, this Jordan Malata who won the job at left tackle, I mean, it was going to be, a, you know, he's 380 pounds and he moves as well as, you know, any offensive lineman in the league. Um, you know, he was dominant. On, on Sunday. Uh, he's going to get Nick Bosa, though, and so it's going to be a great test. But they're not a big drop-back, you know, team. They, they, right. you, know, you got to throw it sometimes. But, you know, if, 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 if Malata gets beat or, you know, somebody gets beat, I mean, Jalen Hurts has the ability to avoid pressure. I mean, he, he doesn't get tired. He doesn't fatigue. He's a great leader. He took care of the football the other day really well. Um, you know, he's he, – he, they have built this offense around Jalen Hurts. I give Nick Sirianni a ton of credit, Jason. You know, you come from the Chargers and you come from the Colts and Bill Rivers been your quarterback. That's not the offense that no. you ran. You know, he put a, he installed an offense that fits Jalen Hurts and fits, you know, what Miles Sanders is good at and the rookie Kenneth Gainwell and the tight ends. I mean, it's, it's hard because you don't see a lot of teams running, you know, a college-based offense like this. And so – you know, and they've got some skill. You know, Devontae Smith is a skilled player. He'll run right by you. He's a great route runner. Um, Jalen Hurts has been throwing passes to him, you know, for five years. You know, going back to Alabama, rookie Alabama days, you know. So he's got a great feel for him. Um, they they can be tough. They can be tough to, to prepare for. The one thing about San Francisco, whether, you know, Mostert was in there or, you know, you know the rookie is, is running right now, is when that offense is cooking, Jason, it's a symphony. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's something to watch now. I mean, it defenses just don't know where the ball is going. And their play action passes off the running game is really, really good. So, it's, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a really good matchup. I'm anxious to see what Sirianni does and how much he tries to run it, if he can run it. If he does, can he keep Kyle Shanahan in that play chart, you know, on the sidelines? Yeah, I think it's one of the more kind of under-the-radar intriguing games of the week. And, Baldy, we will finish with the first game on the slate. Uh, Washington and the Giants. The Giants, yet another team dealing with offensive line issues seemingly forever. They're going against on a short week, a Washington front seven. That's probably licking its wounds a little bit after that Chargers game, as you documented how well Slater and company held uh, Chase Young and company in check. The Giants, we know, cannot run their offense through Saquon Barkley yet. He's still working his way back into shape and trusting the knee and everything else. So he's on a pitch count. Uh, Daniel Jones um, under some yeah. duress already. The heat's always on him. What do you think of this well, ball game? I mean, you know, when I watched the Giants play the other day, it's just two words, Jason, come to mind. Groundhog Day. I mean, it's, it's the same issues. I mean, Daniel Jones is scrambling up the middle and fumbles the ball in a key spot in the game. Like, how many times have we seen this? 
you know, like he can't go a game without turning it over and the ball gets punched out. Um, the offensive line just crumbled. I mean, Nate Solder at right tackle. Good Lord. I mean, it was, you know, it's not even Von Miller running him over, you know, I mean, Malik Reed, um, you know, they, they, they were a mess up front, you know, they, they were a mess and really it, 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 it factors into everything they do. They don't – I mean, you could go out there and get Kenny Galladay and draft Cardarius Tony and go get Kyle. You get all these guys. It doesn't make any difference. You know, on third and nine, you're checking it down, you know. Like, you, like you're not throwing the ball down the field. You're, I mean, they got to throw to Darius Slayton. Okay, he can run. Um, they got a shot there. They you know, made a couple plays. But, you know, they it's, it's the same old offense. Like, And so, look, I thought – Washington's defensive front was embarrassed by what the Chargers did to him. Rashawn Slater pitched a no-hitter. And so I'm sure Jack Del Rio is going to light a fire under these guys going, look, they drafted you here. They paid you this. Like, go earn your money. And so I'm sure they just looked at the same offensive line I looked at and go, okay. You know, it's like a hitter, Jason. You know, they may get sh- – you know, they may go 0 for 5 against the ace. But, you know, the next day they're going to go 3 for 4 – against the number two, and they're going to go two for five again. You know, they're going to go up against, you know, the B squad this week with the Giants offensive line, and they they got to go eat this week. they got to go get their numbers this week. And so that's what I expect them to do tonight. I expect that defensive line, you know, and DeRio will figure things out. He'll get, you know, um, he'll make it look like it's a five-man rush and it's a four, and, you know, they'll get one-on-ones and let Chase and Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen and, Mont, you know, Matt Ioannidis go win their one-on-ones. And, you know, under pressure, Daniel Jones has not been good, and I don't expect him to be good. I like Washington. Taylor Heineke came in. Like, he's just – He gave him a spark. I thought he gave him a spark. He gave him a spark. Um, Look, the guy can scramble. Um, He can make plays. Like, he he knows where to go with the ball. They ran the ball really well against the Chargers. Gibson was really good. Um, They'll they'll do enough offensively. They – you know, they've got Scary Terry out there, Logan Thomas, and, you know, maybe a Cam Sims or a McKissick, whatever. Like, they'll cobble the offense together. You know, I think they'll have enough. You know, they, um, but defensively, I think, you know, they, they will. And the Giants' defense is, is really tough. You know, they make you earn everything you get. Um, but uh, I, I, I like Washington's defense in this game to control it. I'm with you there, Baldy. You've got me fired up for week two. I hope we've got you guys fired up for week two as well. Um, we thank you guys for listening. And please um, subscribe. Uh, give us feedback. Rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, um, wherever you get your podcast goodness. Uh, we thank our friends at Odyssey, as always, for letting us do this. You can find me at Jason Lock and Fora on Twitter. You can find Baldy at Baldy NFL on Twitter. And you can find us right back here at Baldy's Breakdowns next week where we will get you set for week three and reflect on week two. Baldy, safe travels to you, my brother. Um, I would tell you to enjoy the games, but I already know you will. I, I got a home game this week, Jason. I'm right here in Philly. You have to go over the Walt Whitman Bridge to the link. I'm looking forward to the Eagles home opener and, and what kind of uh, opposition the 49ers present. It should, should be a great game. Looking forward to it. Good stuff. Um, thank you, as always, my friend. Thanks for listening, yeah. and we'll talk to you guys next week.